Sunday Golds, Aria Masudi and Brett Nevitt joining you as we recap Florida State's weekend in Louisville and the Knolls drop two out of three to the Cardinals, a hard-fought series. I think both teams um, at times played really good baseball, other times not so much, but in the end it was a very close series and I think either team could have won it, but the homestanding Cardinals were able to figure it out. We are on Apple Pods. Um, we are on Spotify and on Google Pods. We do appreciate your listenership. Um, Brett has been doing great work over at TN and, and getting articles up. Um, Brett, uh, tough, tough loss for Florida State. I think Friday was frustrating, to say the least. I know a lot of fans are frustrated by that outcome of that game and the way that it happened. We'll talk about that. Saturday, a, a nice bounce back, um, and Sunday, it just kind of felt like a tale of two games, right? Like it felt like first half of the game, Florida State was on its way to a great series win, and then um, it kind of unraveled for the Seminoles. But I want your overall thoughts on the weekend before we dive in. Guys, we're also going to break down Florida State's second matchup against Florida. Um, That's a top 25 matchup in Gainesville happening Tuesday night. We're recording this just shy of midnight on Monday. So almost uh, almost game day here at my apartment where we're – recording this right now but Brett yeah let's talk about Knowles and Cardinals yeah I think my first overall thought is just that um, I think like we've been saying all year that Florida State can play with anybody and hang with anybody Um, I know it's not the result that people wanted and this team wanted but um, you know close games for the most part except for the last couple innings there on Sunday Um, you know missed opportunities a couple I think really Florida State had a chance in all three of these games so you feel like it's a missed opportunity, but uh, overall, it's not a bad weekend. Um, you know, it's a little tougher when you're one and three on the week after that Jacksonville loss. Um, just another reason why that's disappointing. But overall, I thought Florida State had a fine weekend. Not great, but not terrible. Yeah, um, I was just frustrated. I think the whole weekend. I really, you know, I picked the Knolls to win the series. I felt really good about it, and uh, comes you know Sunday sixth inning. Going into the bottom of the sixth, I felt really good about it. Like I was like, "This is this is what I thought." You know, the Knolls own Louisville, and um, yeah, you know, uh, just couldn't get it done, folks. Friday, four to three. Brett, let's let's go into that one first. I know fans have been been wanting to kind of hear us touch on some of the things that happened in that game. All right, so Louisville jumps out three nothing lead there in the sixth. It was a pitcher's battle for the first five innings. I thought Parker Messick gave you everything that you wanted and that is a really good Louisville lineup folks I think after the weekend I understand what what makes this Louisville team um, dangerous and I mean Brett there were maybe what out of the nine guys that were in that lineup maybe one guy I mean that that couldn't put pressure on you um, with their athleticism with the ability to kind of beat out an infield hit or go first to third or steal two bases in a row yeah it it was an imp- it's an impressive lineup that Dan McDonald's put together, and I thought Parker Messick gave you everything that he had and that he could give on the road against a, a top ten team. Yeah, and like you're saying, they all can put pressure on you. I think Benellis is the one that can't, and he put pressure on you with the power bat. And um, so, I mean, one through nine, there are no easy outs there for sure. Um, I thought Parker had one of his better outings. I know it wasn't statistically one of his better outings, but um, this just isn't an easy lineup to to navigate. Um, you know, it was really spotless through five innings both pitchers were I feel like that game was going by I think we were in the sixth inning about 25 minutes into the game but um you know, sixth inning they lead off with a double and then they get the bunt single and then you know they have a single off of Parker's leg which likely would have been a double play um and then you know they have the sack fly as well to um well I think they had two sack flies that inning or a, du- a single oh a, a single scored second run 
Um, you get an E8, throw into third, trying to get the runner at third base, scores another run un- unearned, which come back, comes back to get Florida State. But, um, you know, he takes that ball off the leg, but looked like he was in a lot of pain, but keeps on pitching. I think he was in a, a boot the last couple of days there in Louisville, but I'm pretty sure it was precautionary and he should be fine moving forward. But, um, you know, just showed that he's going to keep you in every game. He was efficient. Uh, still struck guys out, didn't give up much hard, uh, gave up some contact more than usual, but still, I mean, kept the ball in the ballpark against a good team um, in, in a place that kind of kind of was a launching pad a bit. But, um, you know, it just, Parker Messick, it doesn't get much better than that as a Friday ace right now in the conference or even the country. Yeah, so Parker's line, five and two-thirds, six hits, um, two earned runs, uh, three total, one walk, six strikeouts. He only threw 75 pitches, and I was a little disappointed to see him get taken out of the game. Um, I can understand why Meat made the decision that he did. I think at the time, it seemed like we were headed for a, a pitcher's duel um, close game, which it ended up being Meat was right about it. Florida State's bullpen, I think, kept you in it. Um, but I didn't think Messick was pitching poorly um, when they took him out. I mean, I think there was, a like you said, a right back to the pitcher, kind of a tough, was it the bunt? that got? It was, um, they singled so like a hard hit ground ball up the middle, but I think Florida State was shaded up the middle. It looks like Nander would have had a pretty easy six yeah, three so double play, and then the, right before that, it was that bunt single yeah. you're talking about. Point being, I really didn't think Parker pitched poorly at all. He pitched pretty well, and his line might have looked a little bit different if you know a couple things go differently, um, and it might actually look a lot like we've seen it in the past couple of weeks, right? Like I think he would have racked up another few strikeouts in the next inning if he came back out um, for one more. Um, Parker Messick was was fantastic, and he's going to do that, I think, every Friday. Michael Kirian's the real deal for Louisville. That's that's really good stuff from that guy, and that's why you had Parker Messick on Fridays, right, Brett, is to be able to go toe-to-toe with any of these aces and kind of give you a shot, and I think uh, we'll talk about how Florida State um, did for a second kind of take advantage of it. Yeah, and I mean, Florida State, I think I think um, Kirian had faced one over the minimum through six innings, and I mean, you're really not out of the game. I know it's 3 nothing, but you're not out of it, so that just shows you how good your pitcher is throwing, but um, you know, Lacey leads off with a single in that seventh inning. I believe that was his second hit of the day. Um, you know, then Nelson drives him in with a double to that right center field gap, and then you know, Cabell comes up with another kabam that was an absolute rocket to the opposite field. I think it was, um, trying to remember the numbers. I know, remember the numbers for Sunday. I think the numbers in this one were 110 off the bat and um, four or 114 off the bat and 411 feet to the opposite field, and it was. It probably never got more than 20 feet off the ground. It was just a frozen rope. And, I mean, he keeps coming up in these situations for you when you need it. Um, you know, we I think both of us have kind of said now, it just kind of feels like when he hasn't homered for six or seven at-bats, it just feels like one's coming. And they've been coming in big moments with Florida State's needs. Like we've talked about built around the home run ball, built around the big inning. You see it again here. Um, you know, Kyrian still wasn't throwing the ball bad, but, I mean, it's a tie game. You got a brand-new ball game after three, and, you know, Scalaro gives you three innings to get to extra innings. So um, I think Florida State was definitely feeling good about themselves at that point. Yeah, Elijah. Um, we'll talk about Matt Nelson. I, I think we, we're going we're gonna to dedicate some time to how good Matt Nelson has been for Florida State this season, not just offensively but defensively too. Um, but let's talk about Elijah because if you had told me going in, this guy has missed so much time, folks. Like he has missed – he has battled a lot of injury – um, in his career, uh, he hasn't. He didn't have a summer. He didn't have a fall. He really didn't have much of a spring. I mean, it. He is doing all this on natural ability, and 
If you told me he was going to hit 258 with eight home runs and 22 RBIs in 66 at bats, yeah, that's that's pretty good for him. Like like he's never going to be a 300 hitter. I don't think. Maybe he will. He might surprise us in his career at some point down the line. But for a guy who has power that's legitimately 80 grade, and for him to have not have practiced much at all this season, and he's kind of doing this um, as he's going. It's, I've been impressed. He has been a real positive. And I know we, we joke about the haircut and all that, but I don't care what haircut he's sporting. It doesn't matter. To me, he found confidence in something. He found something in his approach that he's looking for, and pitchers still haven't figured that out. You know, Opposing teams haven't figured out 100% how to get the best of Elijah Cabell. And what's impressive to me the most, Brett, mm-hmm. is he's coming up in big situations. Like He's not like when, when the moment asks for him to make a big play – he is routinely doing it for FSU. And so that, to me, is a leadership thing. Uh, I know like his personality is a little bit out there, and um, it's kind of funny to watch him plank, uh, falling down in the outfield. He's kind of a goofball in the outfield. Um, he'll talk to security guards. Um, <laughs> he, has, he has been a real bright spot for Florida State in the 66 at-bats, I guess, what now, 18 starts that he's been able to give the Noles. Yeah, he's robbed. I mean, he robbed, like you're talking about the security guard. I mean, he robbed that home run that game, too. That was Friday. Um, you know, defense has really come along as, like you said, um, as he's gotten more live looks with balls off the bat, he looks a lot better in the outfield now, uh, a bit more comfortable, um, just looks like it's much easier out there for him. But, um, you know, the strikeouts are still there, but when he puts the ball in play, um, when he puts, when he, the bats on the ball, he's got to hit 55% of the time. So that's pretty good. <laughs> I think he's got, um, I'm trying to say, I think he's put the ball in play 31 times and he has eight homers. Um, so he's, he's, when he puts the ball in play, 25% chance or 26% chance that it's going to leave the yard. And he's homering about every eight, eight at bats right now. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got 22 RBIs and, and 18 starts. This is the power bat that Florida State's expected him to be since he got on camp on campus. Um, and you know, I know the strikeouts are always going to be there, but the raw tools are always going to play. Somebody's going to take a shot on him in the draft after this year. It's just, the power is too much. You, you don't find an 80 grade, a true 80 grade. And, and, and any any sort of skill, it's just it's really rare. And, I mean, he could get there this year. I'm not going to predict it. It's going to take a lot. But in a normal year, if, if he I has the I think he's going to get same, to at least 15. I was going to say, if, this was, if he had gotten, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the number of at-bats. Uh, the team high right now is uh, Robbie Martin has 108 official at-bats. Um, I was just going to safely give him 90 as a measuring stick. You're talking about a guy who was well on his way to 20 home runs this season. Um, man, it's been fun to watch Elijah play. I just, I, it's been, a, it's <laughs> we, been we, a pleasure. I'm not kidding. Like, it's been a lot of fun. We watched that Sunday game. Together. I mean, we're not there to break down that game yet, but when he hit that ball on Sunday, we both went, oh, man. We're about to talk about it in a second. Uh, so Florida State ties at 3 3. Um, let's talk about the big moment there um, in the mm-hmm. top of the 10th. Um, Brett and I have differing opinions on it a little bit. I don't know if it's changed for you, Brett, in the, in the days that have passed. Um, so I just want you to go first. Um, Lacey, with the bases loaded, takes one off the elbow. Uh, umpires, for whatever reason, go review it, and for whatever reason, they come back out and say that he leaned into it. I'll let you kind of give your thoughts on it first. So it's not, not many people are going to like my thoughts on this, and I know it's not going to be very... Well taken, but I actually agreed with the call to reverse it. Um, you know, by rule, I thought that Lacey stuck his arm out 
at the pitch. I thought, um, you know, a lot of people said he did turn, but I mean, he turned at the same time. Um, the elbow popped down. I mean, I saw a few different um, looks at it, slowed it down, zoomed it on it. Um, that's what I got. And I'm sure that's the looks that they had at it. Um, but my thing with it is it should be a judgment call. It should be um, it should be a lifetime thing. I don't think it should be reviewable like we saw in the majors. It's not reviewable. Obviously, they got that wrong um, in that Mets-Marlins game. And I don't think the rule should be that it's an automatic strike either when it comes back. I mean, um, you know, the ball did hit him, I thought, when he was still in the batter's box. But by rule, I think the way they defined it, I didn't think he froze like they said that you should freeze. I thought he rolled with it, which is okay. But I thought at the same time, while he rolled with it, he poked his arm out at it. It would have been different if, you know, you're in a swinging motion. That's different because um, it's inadvertent. But it seemed to me that it was kind of – it just seemed to me that he poked it out. I thought it was on first live look. Um, I thought as soon as they went to replay that it was going to get overturned. Um, you know, I know you have a different opinion on it. I do think that's a very big moment to do that in. And I do think, um, you know, I, I just think in my opinion, if that was Florida state that was pitching, I think we would have wanted that too. So that's how I look at it. And just by rule and the poke of the arm, I thought it was the right call. All right. So here's why I disagree. Um, I don't like that one, it didn't, to me, it didn't look that egregious and intentional. You're taught to do that. Every player is taught to do that. Like throughout baseball, it's taught to do that. You turn your body away from the ball and your elbow is naturally up because of the way that you hold the bat. And by the nature of the turn, the ball catches your elbow. I have seen that happen a thousand times in baseball. I have seen it happen a thousand times. And that is the only time I've ever seen it called just like that. I initially, I thought initially when they went to review it, I said, there's no way they can overturn this. There's absolutely no way they can overturn this. And for them to come out, I don't like it. To me, it's the same as in basketball, calling a charge with two and a half seconds left in a game on a, on a 50, 50 play. Like you just, you cannot be the reason why a team wins or loses a game. I thoroughly believe the umpires took control of that. I think uh, Meat had a lot to say about it. Meat took his mask off a couple times. Um, Meat had every right to be livid, in my opinion. I was livid. I know you and I were at Madison Social um, watching that. Shout out, Madso. Uh, great environment um, to watch uh, uh, any sporting event, really, but especially college baseball on Friday night. And, yeah, I was I was upset. I don't like that, that the umps overturned it. I didn't think that there was enough there you know, to indisputably say that he stuck his arm out. And that to me is like, it's again, I, I, I liken it to TV Teddy or gosh, you guys know a lot of the college basketball refs, unfortunately, a Jamie Lucky or a Carl Hess deciding that they want to call a charge with a second and a half against a basket. It's just, it's just unbelievable to it, me. But it also didn't decide the outcome, in I think my it, opinion. I, I believe that it did. But for State, it's not like it, it ended up being a strikeout. He still had a chance to hit. It was a Florida one State two, still they, gave a, him, they called it a strike. I know, but he still had a chance to hit. But He still had it more at bat left. You take the momentum of the play. But also, Florida State had a chance to put a zero on the board in the bottom half. It wasn't like it was right, going to be I don't a walk-off. I don't think anything's the same. You know, like I, I think it's a completely different situation, Brett. You know, the I just days. don't think I know it's a different situation, but I don't think it completely. It doesn't completely define what happens in this game. Florida State also couldn't have been in extra innings if they didn't make an error and I'm just have saying, an unearned run. Yeah, but the umpire, so it's hard for the me to put the whole game the on error. an umpire. The umpire did not decide the error. No, but Florida State could have not made the error. All I'm saying, man, is you talk about a lead. Um, you know who's coming up after 
uh, Logan Lacey. Matt Nelson, the hottest hitter in the ACC maybe. You know, you've got bases loaded still. Completely different pressure situation for Adam Elliott, who was melting down in that inning. Um, Lacey kind of took a horrible swing at that one-two. Brett, okay, no. Lacey legitimately comes back to the plate after a five-minute delay with a one-two count. What? You played baseball. That wouldn't tick you off? Yeah, so hit a bomb. Emotionally, you're annoyed. So hit a bomb. Okay, that's easier said than done when you're in a pressure. You think you've already given your team the lead. You've watched your coach kind of melt down at the umpire. You're in a one-two count after five minutes. Essentially, it's a new at-bat, except you're down with two strikes. Man, baseball's too much of a butterfly effect. I sport. agree with all that, but it's I just, just thought it was. Then you go into a fresh. By inning. the rules, I just thought it was. I agreed with it. I understand all your points, no. but just by the rules and slowing it down and looking at it, to me, it looked like he poked his arm at it. I don't think he chicken winged, man. I really don't. And I think that's where it's going to come down to draw the line. Because you, you go into the ninth with a lead, that's different than being tied. It's a different game situation, game pressure on Louisville to have to figure it out. Um, and uh, did, did Scalaro start the inning or did Hare start the inning? Yes, I had a problem with Scalaro starting okay, the Okay, but Scalaro would not have been starting the inning had it been an FSU Do we know that, though? I think I, think I feel very confidently in that Davis Hare But I think they were there. playing their matchups still. I don't think so. I, I don't mean, think so. I don't think so. Because I just don't think so. It was a completely frustrating night to watch that because, um, especially now in hindsight with the series, the way it went, um, again, yeah, maybe butterfly effect. I don't know if FSU wins Saturday. Um, I do know that FSU got one taken away on Friday. That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Taken away completely? I think it was. I think it was. It's one call, though, in 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 a run-scoring call. In a top of the tenth, in extras, in a tense game on an open, I just. But it doesn't. It's not a call that ends the game. There's still game left. Well, fans, I want to hear from you guys. We, I think we both do. Let us know what your thoughts are. Uh, tweet at us if you hear this. Email us. Uh, I'm going to get who roasted. You agree with. I want to know if you agree get, with Brett or if you agree with. I'm going to get roasted on Twitter. I, they're going to agree with me, man. <laughs> yeah, I know they are. I'm right. I'm just saying. I'm just speaking my opinion. No, just you, from the very moment you have a right to your opinion. From the very it's moment we saw it at Madso, I said I think I agree with that. And I legitimately told you in colorful words. I won't repeat them here. What I thought of that. There may have been some beer involved in my system at that moment <laughs> in time. I am sorry. <laughs> Corona lights, man. Those are those are good stuff. Uh, anyway, moving on. Let's let's talk about a better day. Saturday was good. Uh, Knowles lost four to three. In case you in case you weren't aware, um, I don't really want to talk about how the bottom of the inning went. Um, Saturday. Knowles, 8-5, kind of an exhilarating game again. Um, Knowles take a 2-0 lead. Uh, Nander hits the home run. Um, the Benellis kid, for whatever reason, has decided that he wants to, you know, play, play baseball, baseball at a high level again. Thanks for picking Florida State to do that. Um, I'm sure you play for Wake Forest in your, in your off time. And that was a lot of fun, too, that series. But uh, four runs for Wake, uh, for, for Wake, for uh, Louisville on Benellis' grand slam in the fifth. The Knowles kind of chipped away at it, and then in the eighth inning, Florida State kind of opened things up. Matt Nelson um, hit one to uh, Lexington, yeah, to the yeah. Everyone keeps saying to the moon. Matt Matt Nelson hit one to Lexington, Kentucky. Um, that ball was destroyed, and uh, Nelly pimped it a little bit. I think he, uh, yeah, he. Uh, he had something to say. He, he earned every right, in my opinion, Brett, to, to say whatever he wanted, um, to act however he wanted. He, um, he murdered that ball. That, that ball has a family, and it was a big moment in the game because Florida State had just taken uh, – I think they had just taken the lead, and uh, the three-run homer kind of gave you that extension where you felt like, all right, the Knowles have kind of dealt that knockout blow here. 
Yeah, I mean, we had, you know, Nander homers early in the game. Um, you know, I think Davis has a RBI single. Davis Harris starting in the lineup for the first time this game. Uh, his second at bat, he rips an RBI single down the left field line. Uh, you know, he was just out there swinging, taking big, just taking daddy hacks out there, and he was getting some good contact. Um, he opens that 2-0 lead. Um, I think both of us thought that Hubbard was extended much too far. It was kind of, looked like he was already on on kind of, um, he was about to fall off the rails a bit. You know, he'd thrown straight eight ball, eight, th- eight straight balls, I think. Meat leaves him out there for a lefty-lefty. Vanellis hits the grand slam, leaves him out there for the next batter, and he walks the next batter as well before being taken out. Um, then, then you get, you know, 4.2 innings of, of one-run ball from your bullpen. So you wonder what happens if you go to the bullpen even earlier. Uh, but luckily, you know, your lineup comes through for you. Um, I think, you know, I think Robbie had an RBI single right before. I think, I think it was Lacey's single up the middle, then Robbie's single up the middle, both for RBIs, before, you know, Nelly gets that hanging breaking ball and sends it 460 feet over some pavilion or something or whatever Louisville's got out there. But, um, you know, that ball was absolutely hammered. I think we were watching that one together too, and we just both went, wow, that ball was absolutely crushed. And, you know, um, you know, Jack Anderson gives really good innings out of the bullpen, three three lights on innings. Um, you know, the biggest one coming there in the eighth inning, I think, works Florida State's first one, two, three inning of the day, I believe it was. Um, you know, seven pitches, a first pitch ground out, then six straight pitches for two strikeouts. Um, you know, his only blemish was really a homer to Benellis in that last inning with two ounces, a solo shot. Uh, but he gave you everything that you could ask for there in the last last three innings. Um, you know, he needs more innings moving forward. There's a few young guys on this staff that need more innings moving forward. Um, I think that's one of our bigger takeaways from the weekend. But um, overall, really good game for Florida State. Uh, take advantage of a lot of Louisville mistakes, I think. I think they had four errors. So that's definitely a clean, a good game for Florida State to go ahead and get a big win there on Saturday. Yeah, you know, I thought Hubbard pitched decently well for like three innings. He was battling. Um, he got in some trouble a couple times, and he pitched his way out of it. I think that's the pure <laughs> talent of Bryce Hubbard. There was was it bases loaded, and he struck out three in a row. They had I bases mean, loaded, nobody ooh, out, and like I think that. he struck out three in a row. I don't remember what inning it was, but um, he shows you talent, right? Like, but there are times where he just loses command of the strike zone, and I feel like we've been having this conversation about Bryce Hubbard for a little bit now. It's just when it's good, it's dominant. Um, it's as good as there is stuff wise in the ACC. But he also um, didn't need to be out there as long as he was. I, I agree think. with you. Um, I was pretty annoyed with with the way that that was uh, managed in the moment. Um, only, I mean, Meat went out and talked to him in that inning where he gave up the grand slam, and he had two guys warming up. I believe he went and spoke to him after the first walk, and then he proceeded to walk the next hitter that stuck, stuck with him, and then the homer still sticks with him. Goes to a walk, and then you bring in, I think it was Kwiatkowski, who's the first arm out. He gets a strike out and, and a ground out right away to end, end that inning. Um, you're already down 4-2 at that point. But, yeah, I think that was one of our biggest concerns coming out of the weekend, just the management of the pet pitching staff as a whole. Yeah, it was – you had guys warming up. You walked out. He was clearly laboring. It was time to, to make the move. And then – I don't know. You leave him in, you give it the grand slam. So that's already annoying, you know, in a game that you're leading two nothing. And then you leave him out there? I I just I was just asking, you know, what are we waiting for? Um to take him out. Um You know, up to that point, like you said, I thought he was throwing the ball fine. Yeah. Got into trouble, it was working out of it. So 
Yeah, I think yeah. it was just one of those. I don't know. I, I Vanellis mean, absolutely crushed that ball too. Yeah, I would be interested to hear Meat's explanation on on what the thought process was there. Um, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure he had a, a good reason as to what he was trying to figure out and what he was trying to do. Maybe some matchup thing, or I don't know. Um, anyway, good for Florida my thing State. is my thing is Florida State is deep enough that you shouldn't have to leave pitchers out there until they're on their last pitch. Like it shouldn't be of we are going to empty the tank thing with this staff. It should be when there's signs of trouble um, and guys have already given you enough work, then just go get them and say, good job on the day. It shouldn't be. I was just confused. Yeah. I was just confused um, on, on what the thought process was there. But um, bullpen ca- gave you a chance. Davis Hare, have yourself a day. Um, Meat is nailing these putting a pictures triple, in. triple, man. Yeah. Uh, there's a second triple of Florida State season. Davis Hare is now tied for the team lead in triples. And Davis goes I think it's two, two, for, for four. two for two for five officially with an RBI. Um, Meets nailing those, you know, like he's finding guys that he thinks matchup wise are going to come in and get fastballs, and guys that he's confident in that can put the ball in play. And you know what? If you're a pitcher and you can do it, who cares? I think Hare will probably be your left, your um, versus left-handed pitchers will probably be your DH moving forward because uh, he gave Simmons a chance and he kind of struggled on Friday. And then he went to Hare on Saturday and he came through. So I think Hare will start to be that, you know, either late game left-handed hitter versus left-handed hitters or, um, you know, that DH in that um, with Crowell platooning there. You would know better than I would. Does, does, does Davis have, like, experience hitting in he his career? He hit in Juco. He did? Yeah, I think he hit um, 250 or 260 for two years. So he actually got regular at-bats in Juco. Yeah. I did not know that. That's interesting. It was also, I believe he was their closer and a DH of some sort. That's kind of cool. Cool. Yeah, I, I honestly. He does not look like a hitter to me. No, like he does his, his stance. When he's standing like on he the base path, it's, it just doesn't look right. He has no idea. It looks like he doesn't know what he's doing, but. <laughs> he can swing the bat. Look, though. if Davis's family's listening or, no, 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 he can definitely swing the bat. I'm not saying that he can't. I'm just saying it looks funky, um, but results is all that matters. Um, and Davis, you know. Nearly homered on that pitch. <laughs> he almost that ball, I did not know what was happening on that fly ball. It was like it wasn't right going yet. out, and then it was being caught, and then it was going to be foul, and then it was going to be gone, and then all of a sudden Davis Harris is on third base. Yeah. Oh, it's good to see the energy from him too, you know, when he's getting on base and he's a spark plug. So good for him. He's pitched well um, for, for the most part this season. And it's the mustache. It's the, <laughs> are we going to make a graphic for it? Is that is that where we're headed? Just yeah. like Elijah's hair. We're gonna make some shirts. Yeah, we'll make some shirts. But uh big eighth inning for Florida State. A huge home run. I mean, just huge from from Nelly. I know you and I had wanted more from that two, three, four in the order. And Lacey gave you, you know, Lacey delivered, Robbie Martin delivered. Well, it was Martin. big to get Robbie back that right. Saturday. I mean, Robbie was scratched right before the game on Friday. We still don't know why. I'm guessing he pulled something right before there in BP or something, but um, you know, not having him on Friday, that's a big impact. Um, you saw the impact come back from him right away in that in that game. I believe he had two hits. Um, believe that middle of the order for you or the top yeah, all top four of those guys all had multi multi hit games. So um when that top of the order is going, it's one of the best in the country, I think. It really is. And and that inning was big because they all delivered. And then Nelly with the big bomb, just to kind of close things out. You know, Benellis got that home run late, but I do want to shout out Jack Anderson. Uh, because he was until that home run was given up, which was a first pitch. Um, mm-hmm. I think he was Jack was feeling himself. First win of the season. Yeah, I think he was just feeling himself, right? And Jack was. Uh, it was his, it was who first what of the season? First win for Anderson. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were about to say home run. I was no. like, I, I remember a no hitter being uh, broken <laughs> up by uh, a certain home run. Um, 
yeah, Jack's been pitching really well, man. This is this is big time stuff. He's peaking, and um, I think there might be a new role for him coming up. I don't know. I think there's something that he's pitched well enough to where I think he deserves more of uh, more of the pie, so to speak. Right? Like if that's if that's a term that's still used, I think he deserves a bigger slice. So, um, kudos. Anderson, I thought Haney came in and, and got the out that he was asked to get. Um, Kwiatkowski continues to, to do a good job. And uh, Florida State just, uh, they wore down this Louisville pitching staff. And, and Glenn Albanese, who was their Friday guy for Louisville, comes in. I don't. You said he had COVID, I think. He missed a couple weeks. And Florida State greeted him very rudely. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So That 12-6 curveball was right in the happy zone. Right. And this is like, we've talked about what Florida State looks like at its best. And it's... Um, Solid pitching, getting you, getting you into the get, keeping you in it. This team's gonna have. It just has to go as just, it's it's home runs. That's how this team's gonna produce runs. Middle it's, of the order, um, Nander giving you a home run. They're at the bottom of the order, um, and this uh, four for Nander this year. I mean, that's on pace for eight or so. He's that's, definitely hitting the ball harder too. Yeah, I mean, you can just kind of the contacts there. He's playing more loose. I think he's freer mentally. Um, concerning to see him bunt the ball off his face. Yeah, that's not good. I hope that's just that was just a. This Florida State team is one of the worst bunting teams in the history of baseball. Dude, they've been bad at bunting for years. This but is not this, new, is, this is this. Not, no, this I is don't know thing. if it can get worse. No, than this. it's if it, trust me, it's been bad like this. Like there is no confidence from anyone. But I the thing is, one. I know this team practices bunting. Like every practice I went to they in fall and better. spring, they know. bunt for about twenty to thirty minutes. Okay. So I don't Maybe know what's do going three on. Hours. I, I mean, pick a day and just bunt. You really want them to practice for three hours Man, of bunting instead of doing other things? If being bad at bunting is the thing you're really bad at. That's not the worst thing to be really bad at. Whatever. You're just saying if they're doing it for 20 or 30 minutes. Every practice? I don't want more than that dedicated to bunting. I'm sure nobody does. It's frustrating to watch them try. Anyway, uh, good thing they hit home runs. They've done it well. Um, And again, give them credit. Give Florida State a lot of credit. I thought the Knolls could have folded after Louisville hit that grand slam. Um, You're playing on the road against a... It's only one run, but to get one right back there in the sixth inning is a big deal. It's just like you could have folded, and this FSU team won't. I think that's something under meat that's been impressive is that they have fought, you know, they have at least fought back uh, on a numerous amount of occasions, and um, there is some fire, you know, in that that dugout, and and they care, and um, good to see Saturday. 13 hits, uh, only one error uh, charged overall. Was that Anderson throwing the ball? No, I don't, that was I don't on believe a, so. I believe that was on the Jacksonville game. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Just one error. So anyway. It uh, was the very first it was the very first pitch of the game. They popped they dropped the pop up in the infield. Dang. Yeah, not good. But overall, clean I thought pretty much uh played a really clean game overall. And that's that's the recipe to beat good teams. I think Florida State's got a ceiling of being an Omaha team. It's there. Uh I think, you know, it's gonna take a weekend of consistency at the right time to do it, a couple of weekends of consistency, um, but it's there. So you got momentum, Brett. You go into Sunday, and that was, again, a pitcher's duel for about five or six innings, and Louisville gets a couple of runs there early against Connor. I thought Connor pitched pretty well, given the lineup he was asked to go up against for five innings. He only gave up three earned runs, a walk and six strikeouts, 90 pitches for Connor, and um, he gave you what he could, I thought. I thought he gave you the best... I think possible, not possible outcome, but realistically possible outcome on kept the road. Kept you in the game. He on kept a you in the rubber game. That's and he was striking. He was for. he was coming up with big strikeouts. There were moments where he looked dominant, and that's what you want on Sundays. And I kept telling you they're going to get to this Luke Smith kid from Louisville. I just felt it was coming, 
and Florida State in the fourth inning. Uh, Matt Nelson, man, you you have been the wind beneath my sails <laughs> this season. You have been the wind beneath Florida State sails. This is it's been fun to watch. I was having a conversation with some of my buddies who have kept up with FSU baseball for a while. Is this the best season going for an FSU catcher since what Buster had? Um, Cal Raleigh had a pretty good one one year um, where I think he was like 330. Well, I mean, I don't think anybody in for Florida State has had more than 16 homers in the last like 11 or 10 years. I think years. Cal had like 14 one year, and it was 300 batting average. So like it's it's on par with what Cal's done. But again, Cal did that in like a 70-game Omaha We're, season. He's only started 26 games. Exactly. So and he's got 13 homers. This has been as good as we've seen from an FSU catcher at the plate in quite a while. He's got to be on, on like the top 20 or 25 for Golden Spikes right now. He's in. He's right now ACC first team All-American. Right it's going to be tough because you only get one position, I think, there. And Henry Davis has been outstanding. Um, there are some other catchers, some great catchers in the SEC. Uh, I mean, he's he's top top. I mean, he's number three in homers. He's a top. Leads five the catcher, ACC in, in homers. Opinion. Leads the ACC in RBIs. Top ten in the country in slugging. Top ten in the country in RBIs. I mean, it would be really hard to have many catchers over him. I mean, he's got to be top three at, at worst. I could I could see it. On I mean, Henry, one alone. kid in his conference is right there with him. You know, it's the Henry Davis kid. But I, think I mean, I take, the one I that I had more money. impact this this weekend was definitely Nelson. Yeah. I mean, Davis did still still did a lot of things for you, but I mean, Nelly, it's just it's a hard out right now. It's not just you know the homers. I mean, he's hitting three thirty two, isn't he? I mean, that's just it's yeah, not. Yeah, I mean, so three thirty three with thirteen home runs, thirty nine RBIs. He's slugging eight thirteen. Oh my, four fifty three OBP. He's got a couple of stolen bases to show you he can move a little bit. Um, Strikeouts. Second in the team in doubles. Yeah, he's striking out a little bit, but that's just because he, you know, he's he's an aggressive hitter, and uh, he's got seven doubles. And um, yeah, you know, it, Matt Nelson's been phenomenal, and he almost won you a series at the plate. Um, but I mean, just him and Cabell, really. I mean, it was really Benellis versus Nelson at the plate this weekend for both teams, mm-hmm. and Benellis won out. Um, but man, Matt Nelson there when he put that chart, you know, it's 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 also about moments, Brett. You know. Uh, Matt give you that big home run to kind of tie it back up, and uh, you kind of felt the way the weekend was going. I just kind of wonder, like, at some point did Dan McDonald, like, think we should stop pitching to him? Yeah. I think I mean, it started to insert, you know, like, if that game was close all the way through, the next You time- definitely saw them sort of diff- pitch differently to him and Cabell. Yeah. Um, I think they, I don't know if they intentionally walked Cabell at some point, or they definitely just pitched around him, um, or they went to the bullpen at a certain point. I think it was like a six-run game at one point, and they brought in a right-handed pitcher just to face Elijah because they were that scared of him hitting another ball 700 feet. Yeah, let's talk about that because sixth inning, tie game at 2-2, and Elijah Elijah hit one that I think is, I don't know if the baseball is still in, intact. Set a court date, man, because that <laughs> – uh, Elijah Cabell should appear in court for uh, the assault that he put on that baseball. I mean, it's – Dude, it was like a, it was a change up in the happy zone, and that ball had absolutely no chance. That ball didn't just leave the fence. It didn't leave the park. It didn't <laughs> leave where the construction zone ended when they first built that stadium. Like that thing hit a van in like the third row of the parking lot, and I felt bad for the van. Like <laughs> I had to be told to calm down. I think I was so jacked up. <laughs> where we were, we were in a country that. club while other people are watching the Masters. <laughs> <laughs> Aria is I felt bad for my buddy Tucker because he works at Southwood 
and the Masters was happening, and uh, he was kind enough to allow us to to come watch the baseball game. And he should have known that <laughs> he should have known that I was going to get hyped. But uh, he kind of gave me this look, like uh, you're embarrassing me in front of the of the regulars. <laughs> Please stop. And uh, yeah. That's how hard that ball was hit, though. I mean, Elijah. Cabell, I think there was three of us sitting at the table, and we all went, "Oh my god!" But when he hit it, Elijah just like looked at it for a second. It looked like he started rubbing the bat, like he was, <laughs> like he was like caressing the bat to let it know that he did a good job. Like the bat did a good job, and vibes Elijah, were immaculate for a whole five minutes. Elijah's and then definitely it just... the kind of person, by the way, that would name the bat and speak to it. Um, so <laughs> I, <laughs> I could totally see like him, him whispering into a into that bat's ear or something. Is this like major bat. league or something? It may be. And Elijah just started slowly walking to first. And I think all of us, you know, what's the, the movie Moneyball? I think we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. And they say, uh, Brad Pitt goes, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Moments like that make you realize, like, baseball is a romantic sport. Yeah, well, what would you think of the bottom half of the inning? I don't want to talk about it, but we have to. <laughs> Were you romantic about that, uh, too? I was not. I was livid the rest of the day. <laughs> um, yeah. So it is hard to explain to two, what happened after that. I mean, four to is, two, we're feeling like series wins coming on. You got a good bullpen. You feel good about it. And then the bottom of the sixth happens. And that wasn't where the game was over. That's the seventh inning, but just the Knowles could not, they just, they couldn't get a break. Like a lot of these seeing eye singles, blue pits, infield hits, um, Louisville takes the lead. Five to four. You, you felt momentum shift, and you felt like that top of the seventh was big for Florida State. Um, give the give the Cardinals bullpen some credit. They have been battling and they've been injured all year, and they came up big with some guys that had not been in those positions before. But but you know, Florida State didn't really put much stress on them in the last couple of innings. Well, that game ended in the seventh. Well, that's what I mean. Very I mean, quickly. they really had no chance to put it was stress tale, on their. It was bullpen. a tale of two games, right? Like you would agree. It was just uh, I don't know what was going on with the bull. I mean, uh, you you've got from- you've got seven guys that combined to get five outs. I mean, what in the world are we doing? Yeah, I mean, it felt like meat walked out. We'll talk about the seventh inning, but you're down five four in the bottom of the seventh and six runs score for Louisville. Let's go through their seventh very quickly. Um, Bowman had a single to right center. Was that a blue pit? I believe so. Yeah, that was really annoying. Um, they had like three pitch. infield singles. Yeah, Purdue had a huge hit by pitch, which I could have sworn stri- hit the knob stri- of the bat. But on I a two strike s- pitch, that ball definitely hit the knob of the bat. Also, yeah. And when I tell you this was an inning from hell, where I feel like it's one of those like yeah, I just, think you said that after the second batter inning. I think you said this is going to be an inning from hell. I called it because I know how this works. Um, you get a blue pit, you get a hit by pitch on a two strike count. Henry Davis catches one off the handle, and it finds a way. One of my uh, former mentors used to call those duck farts. Goodness. <laughs> but that's what it was. Like, that exit velo had to be, like, seven miles an hour. I think they said it was 67. Okay. In baseball terms, that's essentially... A as- duck fart? Yeah, that's exactly what that's called. Goodness. <laughs> um, Henry Davis does that, and, you know, Bonellis comes through. Horning was a duck fart. Yeah, Bonellis comes through with a big hit up the middle. I'm thinking, like, if he hits that to the left or the right a little bit, it's a double play. Um, and you just they just couldn't couldn't figure it out. And so a bit of not figuring this out though is when you are not letting pitchers face more than one or two batters. Like you can't, you're not going to be able to figure out when you're going pitcher, pitcher, pitcher. I mean, 
It uh, it was. I mean, Haney got one out and then was taken out of the game, and he's done for the game. And then you have, I think, Scalaro faced two batters, Kwiatkowski faced two batters, Hare faces two batters, Walker faces a batter, Quell three batters. I mean, this is. You're not going to get any sort of con- continuity there in out of a bullpen, really. I felt like it was. I felt like it was reactionary to the days before where he where Scalaro was left in too long. And then Hubbard was left in too long. It seemed like because of what happened in days before that, as soon as there was sight of trouble, that pitchers were taken out and they were going to have someone else figure out the deal. Yeah, it just felt like Meat was walking out every few minutes. It was and really. They had a ridiculous. lot of commercial breaks, and I feel like the bottom of the seventh took an hour. Um, they definitely. I think it's. I think they said it took forty-seven minutes. Felt like it. Um, that hurt. That that inning hurt, and you went from like not even an inning before thinking. Wow, Florida State's going to come away with arguably its most impressive series win of the year. Um, and the Noles played well, folks, for a lot of a lot of it. Um, in the end, you lose eleven to four. You lose the series. You know we can't play. You know what ifs because yeah, you could have said Friday Florida State wins. You won the series on Saturday, and now Sunday becomes gravy. But folks, I think what I took away from this weekend is FSU's not that far off from being one of the nation's elite. Like, this roster is good enough. Um, you have pieces to be and match a lot of great teams in this country. And uh, what's frustrating is the way the Noles started the year. You you look at the record, and you just don't have a lot of room for error, right? Like, you put yourself in a big hole into where you've, you've played really well to get yourself out of it, but now you're coming up to this meat of your schedule that's really good and it's on the road, and it's not going to get easier um, I mean, half your losses are by one run. Yeah, and we do need to talk about that, I think, in a second, too. Um, that was something I wrote down that I wanted to chat about with you on this podcast. But tough weekend overall. I just – you felt like you were that close to coming away with a victory. You felt like Florida State was right there. At no point did you feel like Louisville was that much better than FSU. Like no. There was no overwhelming no. FSU's a major underdog. You went punch for punch. Louisville had a below. much deeper lineup than Florida State. Yeah, there's not anybody on Florida State's but, team that I tried to think about yeah. that matched what Louisville had. You know, like I'm trying to think of a guy on FSU's team that can steal 20 bases. Um, Louisville has like five or six that I think. I mean, yeah. One kid's going to finish with like 50. Um, and I thought that, I mean, they had a lot of stolen bases this weekend, but I thought that every single time they stole a base, it was on a pitch in the dirt. It was like they were just going to go when they thought a breaking ball was going to come. And they guessed right, I think, every single time. I'd be curious to compare, and we're not going to do this, do this because we don't really care about Louisville baseball. Um, I wanted to see like the numbers comparatively to other teams and their staffs. Like how many stolen bases in a weekend has Louisville had? And it had to be a lot because they came in with like over 80. And you told me the stat, I think it was like Florida State hasn't had 80 as a team. Since in, like, 2011 or yeah, something like that. So, so, yeah, I would have liked to know, like, weekend by weekend, how much did Matt Nelson and Florida State's um, pitchers limit, you know, comparatively to what they had been already doing. So, tough weekend. Um, you have any major takeaways from the weekend? Other than Matt Nelson is a god. Um, <coughs> Elijah Cabell is not fair when he makes, you know, contact on off-speed pitches. And um, Parker Messick's still one of the best pitchers in the ACC. Yeah, I mean, Logan Lacey's a really good baseball player. Um I think some of these, I think Ross Dunn and Brandon Walker need to be used more. Florida State is kind of automatically going to three guys, and it's Scalaro, Haney, and Kwiatkowski. 
Oyan 4, if you can include hair as well. Um, that's not necessarily bad, but Florida State needs to figure out if these young guys can do it in big moments. And I think um, besides that first weekend, kind of, when Ross Dunn had a really bad outing and, you know, there was another outing where b had some command issues. But I just think these guys have the stuff to get the job done against really good teams. And they just need to be given more opportunities. I don't think it should be automatic that you go to Haney. I mean, Haney was used in all three games this weekend. He's up to 20 appearances this year. I'm not saying don't use Chase Haney. I'm saying you don't need to use Chase Haney every single game. And he doesn't need to be your first. Right? There's too many good arms on Florida State staff where it seems where it shouldn't seem like, oh, we know who's going to come in. Like There needs to be more variety to it, I think. I think I would just expect, though, Haney to come out often because they are trying to get him that record. But, I mean, they're going to get it even if they use him half the time the rest of the season, I think. Well, and I mean, I think we, me and you started talking about, like, are we starting to see trends of the arms that Meat trusts most? You know, there was a time where we thought, you know, Meat was willing to use every arm available. Um, and I don't know that that's necessarily the case anymore. Because, um, I mean, he went to Purdue and Hare and them after. You're, you're really seeing a team that's missing Doug Kirkland right now, I think. Yeah, but where was Tyler Ahern this weekend? Yeah, we never saw Tyler Ahern this weekend. I would have liked to see weekend. him pitch. I think he deserved a chance to pitch. Um, you know, Anderson gave you those three innings on Saturday, but that was the only time. I mean, he only saw him once this weekend. Um, yeah, Ahern never thrown was surprising to me. You know, he's Meets talked about multiple times that they're going to be at their best when Ahern's one of their biggest arms out of the pen. Um, and I think in recent weeks, he's also thrown the ball well. So that was really weird to see. Um, I don't know if he ever even warmed up this entire weekend. I think we might have saw him at the very end. I think Armstrong and him were warming up while Dunn was pitching. I mean, Florida State had double barrel action in the eighth inning of a game. They were down seven. And some guy was just throwing – Ross Dunn was just throwing their first pitch. I was like, are we going to use every pitcher on staff today? That's just what – I just – there needs to be more variety. There needs to be more variety. Teams know what Florida State is going to do. And I think that's a little bit of why FSU's having issues out of the bullpen right now. Because the talent is there. We've seen it already sometimes this year. We've seen them struggle a couple times this year as well. But I think I just think a lot of it has to do with the like they're just it's it's the same thing over and over. Yeah, I think you're just looking at the bullpen early and and you're seeing the same two or three guys every time, kind of warming up. Um, and when a team sees guys three times in a weekend or twice in a weekend, I mean their lineup probably saw Scalaro at least twice. They probably all saw Scalaro at least twice. I mean, you just can't give guys that many opportunities to hit off the same relievers in a weekend. No, I think I, I think I agree with that. Um, I do think Haney's been pitching better. Yeah, and I do think Haney Chase, needs to Chase be, is actually Chase has been pretty needs, good. Yeah, he needs to be one of their top arms, but it doesn't need to be an automatic. All right, I mean, I, he warms up every single game. It's 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 kind of it's. I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah, I mean, I just it'll be interesting to see what the staff does. Um, in terms of how they decide. I think we're starting to see Davis Hare is the closer. Um, it's becoming like, I mean, it's... My, my biggest worry is, are we starting to see some guys already wear down a bit because they're being used so much? Maybe. And we saw it with Scalaro a couple years ago. I think it was 11s last year where he was just used a ton, and by the end of the year, he was just kind of worn out. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to have guys... Let these young guys eat up some innings is my thing. Just let some of these young guys show what they can do and eat up some innings for you. Yeah, I think that's a fair that's that's a fair ask. Um, but yeah, you played a Louisville team that was 
top 10 um, by all metrics, top five, depending on what you look at. FSU's box score actually says Louisville was five and FSU was 17. So you lost to a top five team on the road. You gave it everything you had. There's no shame in losing two out of three to Louisville at, at Louisville. It's just the opportunities were there. And they you let were, them get away. Man, they really were. They were there. Uh, that Friday game is going to tick me off for a while um, just because it was there. But, all right, I think we've, we've touched on, on the Louisville series. Florida State, 16-12, and 12, still a really good baseball team. Um, I think they're a two-seed right now in the NCAA tournament if, if it was all said and done uh, as of now. But that's a two-seed I think you don't want in your, in your regional. Like, I think I, that's a, that's a two-seed that if you got and you saw FSU pop up in your regional, you would say the, that really sucks. Here's the thing. I think if Florida State is a for sure two seed when it comes to time deciding the regional hosts, I think Florida State will be a regional site. I don't know if they'll be there. I don't think they'll be a one seed at the time of it, but it's not all going to be off merit. Some of it's going to be what you can do testing wise, protocols wise. Um, you know, Florida State has submitted a bid to hold it. Um, you know, NCAA already knows what they have in the cows are a lot. So there's still a good chance. I think there's a really good chance that. Tallahassee itself is, is, is a host for, for a regional. Yeah, I think I saw some projections, and, and one had FSU going to Starkville. Um, no, uh, thanks. That would not be fun. But I also think Mississippi State would look and say FSU's not the two seed that you would have wanted. I think, it could be, I think it could be like Florida State gets one of those group of five teams as a host, as a one seed in DeKauser or something like that. We're looking way too far ahead, but like, but like I, it's, but it is far ahead, but all the I thing know, is no, like it's here like a couple weeks. No, 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 from no yeah, yeah. It's just crazy. But like it's, FSU's so deep to me in the pitching staff that like you could hold Parker Messick for Saturday against Mississippi State in the winner take all. I like I I feel confident in Connor Grady going first on Friday against uh, the three seeds, whoever the three seed is. My only thing is, would you rather have Grady go first, or would you rather have him for? One of those bigger game situations where you I would could rather be... have Parker Messick on Saturday night against Mississippi State. If that was, or like, you know what I mean? Like, if that's our, if that's what it was. Yeah, but and then I my thing's always about... been I think you go for the game one win and then you worry about, because there's no guarantee. So if FSU was a one seed at home and the four seed is like a me. A one seed, I'd probably say go ahead and throw your Saturday. Well, that's I what I'm say... saying is you have confidence so but much. But if you're a two seed, I say go, you throw your ace. I would say that I would agree with you in a normal season. I believe FSU's rotation is that good. Like I think you could use Connor Grady against the three seeds ace and Connor's probably. There's a lot of different. They could, I mean, you could throw Montgomery game one, Anderson game one. And then have your weekend rotation for the other. I mean, you could do a lot of different things. Because we're starting to see that some of the starters and some of these midweek, midweek guys are a bit interchangeable. They're not that different, I don't think. That's fair. Yeah, and again, that's why it's way down the line, and we could talk about that. All right, so now regional goes. preview. Yeah. I'm kidding. No, not, not on this one. Um, all right, let's talk uh, Florida. Tuesday, 7 o'clock, SEC Network. Um, those of you who have Comcast, rejoice. You may watch. Um, it was nice to see ESPN2 on Sunday. I know it wasn't the result that you wanted, but I'm sure a lot more people were able to watch and have access to the game. And, um, yeah, Florida, looking at their stuff right now. They are 21-11. and 11. Um, They had a really close series loss to Tennessee this past weekend on the road. Those were all three games that were pretty good. 
Before that, I think they beat Ole Miss two out of three in a close-fought series in Gainesville. And then right before that, they got swept by South Carolina. I think that's I correct. I believe so. Yeah. So, um, it's a Florida team that, you know, it's it's a good Florida team. Florida's also been a bit up and down. They really. have been. They really have been. And this will be uh, an interesting game for the Gators. You get to go to, what is it, brand-new Florida ballpark. And, uh, the, you know, it'll be – what do they hold? Is that hold 10,000? Capacity no, no or something, idea. so they can have fifty percent. So you're actually going to be in a stadium this weekend with, not weekend on Tuesday, with four or five thousand fans. Um, I know I'm trying to make the trip, right? I know you're trying to make the trip. We're trying to figure out how we can get there in this limited capacity COVID era of of baseball. But Florida two eighty three as a team. Nathan Hickey, Jacob Young, uh, Colby Halter. Um, they can all do some damage. Judd Fabian, um, a lot like Elijah Cabell in that the average may not be amazing, but... Strikeouts are really going to be there. Yeah, and but he can he can put a charge into one, and tomorrow he can make a game-changing hit. You know, like it could happen. So they're Judd go Fabian's with, still not fun to face as a pitcher. Well, he's tell hit you 11 home runs, so like he's he definitely puts fear into you with what he can do with one swing of the bat. Mm-hmm. They're going to go back to Garrett Milchin. 632 ERA. You might remember him as Florida State's punching bag in the first few innings in Tallahassee. Um, Robbie Martin's boy. Gonna oh use a different goodness. word. I'm gonna I'm gonna not use that word on a family friendly podcast. I think we're family friendly sometimes, but um, yeah, that game back on March 16th, 10 to 2 FSU. Game was over by the second inning, seven nothing. Um, Carson Montgomery wasn't having any of it. And uh, the bullpen pitched well enough to hold on for the victory. Uh, let's see. Logan Lacey, Robbie Martin were fantastic. Matt Nelson was fantastic. The Knowles, I think, hit three home runs on the day. Robbie Martin had two of them himself. And that game, again, it was over by the second inning. So the Knowles tattooed Milchin, the soft-throwing, uh, cement-mixing curveball of a pitcher. One and two-thirds, eight hits, seven earned runs. Brett's <laughs> cracking up over here. Um, yeah, he did not have a day. And Milchin... I'm cracking up by the fact that they're just going to say, you know what, son, run out there and face him again. I mean, he might do better. I don't know. He could. I'm sure their game plan will be completely different. I don't think they'll give you fastballs again like they did last time. Robbie Martin is waiting for your curveball, if you want yeah, to. Yeah, but I mean, I think you're, you're going to be comfortable throwing a lot more curveballs than the fastballs. I mean... Logan Lacey was all over his fastballs. Martin was all over it. T-Mart was all over his fastballs. Um, it was not pretty. Milchin didn't pitch for a month after playing Florida State, almost. And now they're starting him against us? Yeah, he did pitch uh, on April 6th against Stetson. was pretty good. Five innings, two hits, two earned runs. I think no outside walks. of Florida State, he's been fine. Four strikeouts. Yeah. So he'll go about 60, I'll say this. 60 I don't, to 65 pitches. I don't think he's going to be in there very long before they go to Jack Leftwich. I would ex- you do believe Jack Leftwich will throw? I would really expect Jack Leftwich to be in there at least for three or four innings. Did Jack pitch this weekend? Through eight pitches. That's it. Against Tennessee, eight balls out of the bullpen. I remember but- watching that with you. It was awful. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. So Leftwich got really good. I mean, he's – Top I mean, five round draft stuff. It's, yeah, it's it's good stuff. He's been their Saturday starter for years. Um, just has struggled with command this year. Got pulled out of that rotation. Was kind of doing a bullpen thing, but struggled this weekend. Didn't throw many pitches. So he's going to be fully avail- available for Florida tomorrow, I think. Um, I think they're probably going to go with him second or Trey Vanderweed. And then 
Um, go to one of their probably Jordan Carey and would be their back end arm. But I just think overall you're going to see a closer game than what we saw last time. Uh-huh. Montgomery on the mound for Florida State again. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's the Florida preview. I don't think there's a whole lot needs to be said. I, I would be surprised if FSU ended the game by the second inning this time. Um, man, would it feel good though to get a sweep? Man, would it feel good? Three straight. One. That'd be nice. You know what I mean though? Two in a row. End the season with a couple of wins against them. Uh, well, I think this Florida team, I don't believe they are a regional host currently either. No. I don't believe they're they a They're now number, seed. I believe, 18 in the country by some polls. So you've got a, a borderline top 25 matchup. FSU's hanging on at 24. Or some some are doing top 20 for FSU. It's a it's a top 20 or top 25 matchup wherever you want to look at it. Um, but it's not, a, it's not like a big-time matchup that it could have been um, if both teams were, were on fire. But, yeah, Florida in the field, not as automatic as they normally have been. They've made some errors. I think they've made a switch there at second and short. They yeah, uh, Rivera is now playing second. Yeah, um, Florida is nineteen and five in Gainesville. They are a really good team at Florida Ballpark. Uh, much different on the road, two and six, as we saw in Tallahassee. But it's a beatable team. If Carson Montgomery gives you what he did um, against Florida the first time, I know we've been kind of waiting on Carson to completely find his form, but tomorrow could be a big day for Carson. I think yeah. he's going to give you a chance. I, I, I'm guessing, I do believe it. I'm guessing you'll see Ahern first now as a pen for Florida State after not throwing this past weekend, depending on what Carson gives you. If he gives you four or five, I think you go to Ahern for an inning or two. Um, Anderson should be available as well to give you a few innings. Um, then you obviously have Hare and Haney and those guys like we talked about. But um, just for Montgomery, it's just the consistency as always. There's we all know the stuff that's there. It is. It can be really good at times. So my keys to Florida, um, I want Carson to get out of the first inning. That, to me, is going to be huge. He's going to be on the road. I believe this is his first road start. Am I right or wrong? Correct. Completely different environment than when he was in Tallahassee. Um, but he does seem like a guy that when the adrenaline is flowing, he almost has better stuff. Um, this is going to be Florida State's only midweek road game the whole year. Yeah. And they're only going about two hours. Yeah. So um, take advantage. Yeah, I want Carson to get out of the first inning. That's that's big for me. I think big for him and his. He'll have nerves. Um, everybody does on your first road start. And oh, by the way, it's against Florida. Um, but it'd be nice to Antonio Velez to be on this roster, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, Man, do I miss Antonio right now? Yeah. Uh, last year he was incredible at Florida and in his career in Tallahassee. But so yeah, Carson, get out of the first inning. Florida State, if you can scratch a run early, kind of give yourself some confidence on the road. This is an FSU team that has played better. I feel like on the road. I believe Hauser. I believe FSU is twelve and one when scoring first, and about four and thirteen when not scoring first, or four and eleven, whatever it is, when not scoring first. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see if Nander's available yeah. to play. Yeah, that's a big key too. Um, I would really like him available, and it's going to be up to you know, hey Reese Albert, this is your final Florida Florida State game. This is your final rivalry game of any sort, really. Would be nice for Reese to to kind of say goodbye and farewell to the Gators with with uh, a big game. He has not been very good this season. It has not gone his way. Um, he's played solid in center field. I don't think it's been spectacular at all times, but he's been a good center fielder. And at the plate, it's just it's tough to watch. Like he, you keep waiting for those flashes of Reese. You know, like like the Reese Albert that we've been waiting to see and. Um, the one that had all that moxie and, and that clutch gene, right, in his career. And um, the best thing about baseball, Brett, is your average really doesn't matter um, the next game. Like, no. you have a chance every game for 
for a streak and for a hot streak. And Reese right now is hitting what, 190-something? Mm-hmm. If Reese hits 300 the rest of the way and his average ends at like 250, it won't look great on the stat sheet overall, but we really only need him to be hot for the back half of the season. And I think, uh, you know, if I'm a betting man, I- I'm betting on Reese Albert to figure it out. I think, I think we haven't heard the last of, you know, big time Albert with the, with the, you know, clutch gene and the clutch home runs and then the clutch hits. So no time to start like against the Gators. I would love it. And on Tuesday at Florida ballpark. So big ballpark. Brett, yeah. Pitchers big ballpark. ballpark. Go ahead, Brett, and give me your keys. Um, just get ahead early. Um, Montgomery, just the consistency of the arm of the release point. Um, just slider. Like we've seen a lot. I mean, Florida's, I think Florida, one of their main struggles is with sliders like Fabian and, um, you know, that's one way to get young out. He's really their top, their guy that makes it go at the top of the order. Um, just play clean baseball. This Florida team, I think when you put some pressure on them, will make some errors. Um, really interesting to see, really interesting to see where Florida State goes out of the pen after their last game and where Florida uses, if they use left switch or not. And um, definitely a lot of interesting things to come out of this game, I think. But, man, a sweep of Florida would be nice, wouldn't it? It really would. So 7 o'clock, SEC Network. Let's hope the Knowles can get a big midweek win, um, a second midweek win, and put a feather in your cap. You know, RPI-wise, I think Florida's going to end up being a solid RPI team when it's all said and done. So, um, yeah. I believe Florida State's 57th in RPI right now, down five from the beginning of the week. Okay. Yeah, that JU loss hurts. I think you'd probably be top. You'd probably be a Q1 team right now if you didn't lose that JU game. Mm-hmm. Um, man. Well, anyway, um, anything you want, else you want to touch on? Um, Luke Weaver, first win of the year yesterday and Sunday. Seven shutout innings. I think he had eight Ks, gave up one hit. Um, and then DJ Stewart was two for six on the weekend, something like that against the Red Sox. Um, yeah, that's all I got. I think the what is it, the recruiting deadline? Oh yeah, dead or opening or whatever. You know, dead period ends day. June first. That's big for baseball. Um, travel ball season begins then. Um, you know, I think it'll be the first time Mike Metcalf will have a full summer to recruit as Florida State recruiting coordinator. So that will be. You'll definitely see a lot of stuff be going on Florida State baseball recruiting wise this summer. Um, you know, don't don't believe there's really much work left to do in the 2022 class, um, but 2023 there's definitely some spots left. 2024 will probably be the main focus with 2025 cycle starting to come in here. So um, I know that staff is there's they're they're all really excited to get back to work, and you know I know they've already announced dates and stuff for those camps they have. Um, those prospect camps are huge too. Um, so yeah, that's a huge thing for Florida State baseball and a uh, huge thing for that staff. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Uh, Apple pods, Google pods, uh, Spotify, please. If you could just leave us a review and, um, give us five stars. If you can, if you enjoy this podcast, let us know, let us know why, and please let your friends know why you enjoy this podcast. I can't um, wait to get roasted on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do let us know about your thoughts on that, uh, hit by pitch or not hit by pitch. Um, depending on what you believe Sunday golds pod at gmail.com uh, or at Brett PN at Ario Masuti on Twitter or at Sunday Golds on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Um, Want to get this out to you on game day uh, before the Florida matchup. And then Brett and I will be back to talk Boston College. That'll be a three-game set in Tallahassee, and I think that is a must-win series for Florida State right now if they want to try and have a, a chance at a regional host um, coming up. Uh, announced later this month so all right folks we'll appreciate you 
Um, the Knolls are still a very good baseball team, you know, 11 and 10 in the ACC and uh, 16 and 12 overall. They got a chance for a couple of wins here um, to try and feel good about themselves and none better if you beat the Florida Gators. So until we talk to you again, we do appreciate you guys listening to us as always. We love you guys and uh, thanks for talking FSU baseball with us each and every week.